everyone, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are going to uh, jump in our time machines and travel to the past in a way, <laughs> in a method of sorts. Uh, we're going to be playing a ancient game, uh, the Royal Game of Ur. This game first published approximately 2600. What do we say? What do we find out? 3000 BC, right? Some, like, somewhere around there, maybe 2600 BC. I can't remember. 26. Yeah, BGG has it at 2600 BC, but um, I know that other because backgammon was like 3000 or something. I think. And they say that a lot of these games came out or were played at the same time. And uh, this is kind of a contemporary of Backgammon. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if it's a little after, a little before, or right at the same time. But uh, this is another ancient, ancient game, a Sumerian game. It's very similar to a lot of ancient games in the fact that it's kind of like a, it's kind of a race. It's kind of that um, first to first to do something type of structure but it is its own very distinct thing it's you may have seen this board it's a unique board it looks kind of like a weird cutting board <laughs> with a handle <laughs> <laughs> but very decorative it's, um, it's the dumbest ore ever invented <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah the, a very very short ore <laughs> uh, for the tiniest boat a paddle for the tiniest boat but, uh, yeah, it's a game for two players only, as you, as you might expect. I don't think there's a lot of three- to four-player games in these days. Um, and uh, it is a game that plays in 30 minutes. Um, the age it listed on BGG is 10+. I think you could play this for younger. I, I really think there's – this is very accessible. The rules are pretty straightforward. It's quick. It's easy. It's rated at 1.3 for weight. Uh, it has some other names, 20 Squares, Ur Game, Ur Spiel, which is the same thing, and uh, Designer Uncredited. Uh, we couldn't figure oh. it out. We couldn't suss out who who came up with this thing. But the art for the uh, British Museum, or I don't know, actually, there's artists credited here, so I'm not sure what art they're crediting <laughs> <laughs> because the the artists are also lost to time but there has been like those artists lost in time they are not lost in time the the designers <laughs> right, they are lost in time yeah. but the artists they have great pr right yeah they were really forward thinking about putting their name on every single stone etched version of this game uh for some reason there are two artists listed on bgg is mariella Arat- aratia and vlad korniak and i am really not sure what they did <laughs> because there I don't don't know if there was an official version of this game that came out <clears throat> or um or not, but it seems like there must have been something that was published by the British um museum as a basically a a re what would you call it? A um not a recapturing but a replica of the game that yes. they had discovered. And so I'm assuming that these artists were the ones that kind of just touched up the art or maybe made some educated guesses on what the art would be on some sides. I'm not sure. But anyway, I will tell you their names so that way <laughs> you can know who did something. <laughs> the publisher, of course, is also unknown. This is a game that was just scratched into bricks or stone or tablets and um, um, was played, you know, you could just get yourself a chisel and make your own version but there was a game that was published and released by the british museum others have come out with their own versions but it is a public domain game so you could come out and sell your own version of the royal game of Ur if you wanted to um yeah and that is it it plays did i say playing time i did not 30 minutes 30 minutes is around playing time for this one <laughs> 
Um, I'd say that's about right. It could, you can play a lot faster. It's kind of like backgammon, where if you know how to play, you're probably going to get into a pretty good back-and-forth rhythm. The only difference here, though, is that I would say Ur has a bit more of a late-game um, beholden to the dice effect. And and not in a bad way, but there you can definitely get suddenly go on a bad run of rolls, and you are... Um, <laughs> you're just going to be really trying to get something going there as you try to get that last piece through, or you just try to roll while your opponent uh, tries to get that last piece through to just really um, fire off the, or finish off the game. So anyway, it's, you're just beholden to the dice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So 30 minutes is, I'd say, a max. I, I, I don't think this goes past that. I don't think any of our games went past that for sure. So. No, they didn't. All right, well, let's talk about how we play it and this tiny little ore game, and then we'll get into more of the details. Okay. All right. So uh, this game is in a box shape. It's not so much a board, although you could easily make it a board. It tends to be in some sort of box shape uh, because they there's a you usually have like some sort of drawer in the system to hold all the pieces in. So it's it's its own game box and game board. Uh, you the the box itself, as we indicated, is a weird shape. I'm gonna do my best to describe it to you, but if you really want to know what it looks like, because it's gonna help to, in the teach, you can just look it up. Uh, it's essentially a box that is three squares by, I'm gonna say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight squares. But then there are like four total squares missing. Uh, they're kind of cut out of the board, uh, and so it splits it into like series of there's like a, a two by three box and a three by four box with a one by two splitter in between that kind of makes a little bridge between the two boxes if you want to and so that's the best way i can describe it um each of these little squares are the spaces that you can land your pieces each player has seven pieces uh, that start off the board. Uh, and then there are four dice. These are tetrahedral dice. Uh, and they have little markings on all the corners. Uh, each die has two corners marked and two corners not marked. Uh, so essentially a marked corner means it's a pip. And an unmarked corner means no pip. Um, one player will start. You can decide how to start however you wish. Uh, I doubt back in those days they really had start player rules. So it's <laughs> the youngest. <laughs> it's obviously the youngest. That's the youngest they, goes first. It was. Ooh. They only said that because it was the easiest to write with cuneiform. So <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, they will roll the dice, uh, and whatever total pip count it is, they will move one of their pieces that many spaces. Now, uh, as as I mentioned, there are four of these dice, and they can be ones and zeros, which means the the rolls could either be anywhere between zero and four, uh, with two being the most likely, one and three being slightly less likely, and zero and four being the least likely ones to be rolled. So if you roll a zero, you don't have a turn. It just immediately goes to the other player's turn. Uh, when moving on this board, you will start from... Ins that in that that inside notch, and you will work your way onto the first space. Uh, it's can't, you can't really say right or left because it depends on which side of the board you're sitting on. Uh, the first inside spot on the larger side of the board, so the <laughs> one of the corner inside corners of the large three by four grid, uh, and then you will work your way out to one of the ends of the board, uh, and then you will loop in 
to the center of the board and work your way backwards down the center across that bridge. Then once you hit that end, you will loop again uh, to j your side of the two by three board where you have two spaces left and then you will work your way off the board. Once you get off the board, that piece is done. You will put it somewhere else so it's not confused for your pieces that you haven't done yet. Uh, if you happen to have little bowls, you can put them in bowls or you can put them back inside the box if you wish. That that's, works as well. Um, there are a few important spaces on the board. Uh, the, really the only important spaces are the ones that have little flowers on them. Uh, there are uh, a total of five flowers in total. Uh, two of them on one of the closer ends of the board where it's um, four spaces in, one in the middle bri bridge, kind of close to the bridge. Uh, it's four spaces out from one end, and the final space of your journey also has a flower on it. Uh, these flower spaces indicate that if you land one of your pieces there, you immediately get to roll again. Uh, and if you can land in another one on that roll, you immediately get to go again. You can move any of the pieces. The one other special thing is that the one that's down the middle, the one that's public domain for moving, I guess, uh, <laughs> is if you land there, you do get to go again. But also, uh, you if you leave that piece there, no one can knock that one out. That is the one safe spot in that travel zone. Uh, so no one can land on that and knock it out. Other places, any other place down that middle spot, you can knock any piece out, and it will go back to the outside, off the board, into your pool, the opponent's pool of pieces that they need, they need to move along. Um, it is possible that you could roll something to move and have nothing to move. So if when you roll, uh, you can't move anything onto the board because that spot is blocked, or the middle spot has been blocked uh, by someone being on that flower spot, or possibly uh, you need to move off the board in exact count. So if you're one move away from getting off the board and you roll a two, you can't move that off. You need a one exactly to move that off the board. Uh, that's basically everything. That is the entire game. Uh, and first person to get all their pieces off wins the game. There we go. And that is it. Yep. It's a very simple and straightforward game. I, there's something about this that reminds me of, like, Frogger. <laughs> I don't know why. There's, like, that, <laughs> the central main road that everyone's kind of, like, knocking each other out of position and stuff like that. And then you've got your your safe turnoff points where you can turn off your, uh, your Frogger's safe on the side where he's sitting waiting to cross. Um, <laughs> Those little median parts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. And then there's the one log in the middle that's safe. <laughs> It just but that doesn't move, but uh, it's, I guess it's a rock. It's just a rock that's safe. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is a precursor to the video game Frogger, and um, it is uh, it's great. This is where game is really really fun. It, one, it's always fascinating to me how these some of these ancient games um, really stand up, like in, in the like the most deep definition of that possible, and. Um, you know, it's 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 all of these games. There's there's many. We were going through kind of a bunch of like lists of like, hey, we should do maybe another ancient game. And there's all these games that have were popular for a time, and then then a new one came along, and then it it left uh, it sort of faded in popularity, and then you know, um, backgammon came along, and it and it knocked out a lot of other games, and then Ur I think was popular enough to knock out some other games, and it's sort of like game design, a sort of a, a game that's been workshopped through the centuries, and that's just so fascinating to me. That you know, there's games that influence this game, I'm sure, but this this final version of it, at least 2,600 years ago, final version of it, was the one that everyone was like, "Yeah, this is the best one." We've we've all together <laughs> workshopped this game and uh, fall on the fact that 
this game is great and we love it and we're going to tell all our friends about it. Um, and so anyway, yeah, the, the core of these ancient games are typically very simple. It's usually a lot of first to do this uh, or first to get your pieces off the board or first to um, – yeah, it's, it's usually that, to be honest. First, to get your pieces off, off the board. You know, you think of Moncala, you think of Backgammon, you think of this. I think Senate is very similar um, to this, although that's one that we don't exactly know for sure what the full rules are. Um, but anyway, this one really is a lot of fun. I really like this. Like, I think we both won a game. We, I, you won the first one, I won the second one. We both... Um, it, we kind of uh, the second one we sped up a bit when I kind of got used to playing it. And uh, I, I just really like this one. I liked it a lot. Um, and then, oh, also the one thing I didn't mention before at the beginning is that we do actually know for sure how this game is played because the history of this game is really interesting. They're, they found the game first and in some sort of archaeological dig. And I think they'd seen versions of this game around. Like there are many versions yeah, there are of plenty, Yeah, plenty around little like graffiti or graffito uh, on things where they could they would just draw it on a rock somewhere so they could play on a rock type of a thing. It's, it's found in many places. Yeah, so they they had seen it, and they knew it was a game, but then they found that one in the British Museum is like an actual made board. It's made, I think it's made out of a block of wood. It's very intricately decorated with with colors and designs, and clearly, I think this was from like a burial chamber, right? It's like, that's what Ur was, was like a... A location of some. I guess I should know what Ur is, but I know they found I think a bunch of Ur stuff. Ur is Ur. a location itself. Yeah, uh, and I think it was like a, a burial chamber. So this, the version at the British Museum, is the like royal. Some royal had this version made, and it's very beautiful and decorative and fancy. And this is the example of the board game. But like Alex was saying, it was broadly played, so they saw it around. And knew what knew it was some a game of some sort, and they kind of knew what the pieces were. You know, you've got the three dice, four sided dice. You've got the chits, um, and so anyway, the they came up with some ideas of how to play it. Like what what do they, we think this is? And that you know, of course, they were informed by other ancient games and other little bits and pieces that may reference her. But then, in I think you said it was 1980, they yeah around un- 1980 they unearthed an actual set of rules on a stone tablet in cuneiform. It was just literally here's how you play Ur, <laughs> and so it came, we actually found the instruction manual to this game so this is one of the few games that um was sort of lost to time and i think backgammon was one that and chess was one that we it, it stayed relevant until modern times like there was uh, there was still an understanding it kept getting passed down passed down passed down and the way we play them at least backgammon today might not be exactly how it was played today, but rules have morphed and developed all the way up until now. Whereas Ur was just sort of lost to time, and but now that we have those rules, we can rebring it back and know exactly how they played it. So that's really cool to think that you know these rule this rule set is from several thousand years ago, and it's still pretty good. <laughs> and so anyway, um, so that was my first attempt to play or first experience to play Ur. You you brought this up, and I really hadn't heard of it until you mentioned it. And um, so what what is your experience? I, I, I'm sure you, you and Liz may have played it. Uh, what's your experience playing with other people? Uh, I've mainly played it with Liz. I haven't, I've only had it for about, I think I got it for my birthday. So I've only had it for about six months. And part of that was, you know, the whole COVID thing. Uh, so, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, I've played it with you and I played it with my wife. It's, it's a really enjoyable game. I have played it out 
and about it it's it's a very simple it's it's very compact it's it's its own board and box so you just kind of uh bring it along with the 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 version i have has a a drawer that you kind of slide out um i've in i've added my own little magnet system so that the uh box stays shut during travel so i don't have to worry about the thing just flying out anywhere i you may have some other version of your own which uh has some sort of uh latch mechanism that pr- prevents that from happening but it's a really fun game to play uh even in our games that the the game that you and i played there were plenty of moments where we're sitting there going all right i just need you not to roll a two if you just don't roll a two (laughs) i'm going to be okay uh because that's the only way you're going to land on my pieces if you roll a two and then you'd roll a one and i'd be like oh thank goodness and then you'd move a piece that would move on to hey you get to roll again space and then you'd be right back in the same position (laughs) okay just don't roll a two or a three now and i'll be okay And so you think you were think you're out of the weeds all the time, and then you'd be right back in the weeds like immediately. Uh, so it's it's a very very tense game. Uh, it's also a game where you're never truly out of the game because like if you have one piece left to move, usually not in our games. Our games, if you had one piece left, you were pretty much golden apparently because right. the other person just could not roll right. But usually, uh, you have that one piece that's got to move right down the middle and the other opponent has all their pieces that they can have so many attempts to knock you off the board so you are in a very risky situation so usually games end with like one person having like one piece left that they're having trouble getting off and the other person has like one or two pieces left they're trying to to get off slash knock you off with uh and so it's a very you know very back and forth game our games it was like one person had one person left the other person had four but for some reason none of those four could do anything yeah <laughs> uh i think on my turn i had one point where you had one piece and i had like four pieces one that was off the board and i rolled a two and i couldn't move anything because like everything was blocked i'm like how is this possible <laughs> so it, it can it can vary wildly but you're, you're never out of the game uh and in fact the the game that i played where i was ahead i had one piece left and i just needed a one and you were doing roll after roll where you're like oh and then i'll come i'll move this one and then i'll move this one and then i'm and i still couldn't move so you're never out in this game so it's very tense yeah, it, there's some great up and down moments of this. You really get into it. It like this is more than so than backgammon. Like a, I really love backgammon, and I ha- I like backgammon a lot. And so um, I, I, you know, I knew I'd like this game, but I'd say this one is just more ex- kind of more exciting than backgammon. Um, at least at least to me, I mean, it's just, it's a little simpler and uh, speedier. <clears throat> but there is some really fun moments of that. There's just that tension because of the fact that you're just running down that central track. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not. You don't have to go all the way around the board like backgammon. You can kind of go around that central track. That's just more. It's a different game for sure. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but there's just more of a. I don't know. It just feels like uh, kind of feels like Gladi- the old what, TV show Gladiator. <laughs> you got to run the gauntlet, and there's all these like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, you're continually sending your guys down this gauntlet, and then, but then some your opponents sending their guys down the gauntlet, and if they can, they're going to elbow you off there or the take what are those the uh, those foam padded batons that they battle on the. <laughs> on the uh what is that that the log over the log battle yeah the battle on the log to try to knock each other off the log <laughs> and so as they pass by you or land on you they're going to knock you off the log and you got to start over 
So there's just fun, exciting, and you really get into the dice rolls. And like Alex was saying, like, oh, don't roll a two, don't roll a two. Or the conversely, the more annoying thing, uh, your opponent's like, I need a two. Boom. They got a two. <laughs> like, just calling it out and rolling exactly what they need. But uh, yeah. Or as I long was... as I don't, as long as I roll anything but a zero, I'm good. And then you roll a zero. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it's, um, yeah, I just really I love it. It's just such a crazy idea that these this set of rules has stood the test has has not stood the test of time it has but also it was confirmed as the final form of this game so long ago and then playing it today it still feels like wow that this is still a really fun game you don't have to make any changes to like update it or there's some crazy ancient rule that makes it really dumb <laughs> or annoying it's just like no no it, it works as is so um Ur is, Ur is great i i definitely would recommend this game to anybody for sure uh, okay, let's talk about taking it out. Um, so taking this guy out is going to be pretty straightforward. As Alex says, a lot of the versions of this game are going to be a, its own box. And so I know that I've seen like other versions that are actually come on a board. I think the British Museum version is just a board and uh, chits and pieces. And it's okay. I mean, you'd be fine to get that one. But I would definitely recommend getting a version if you're going to get this game that is its own box. It just looks cool. It's more traditional. And um, I don't know. It just It just looks much cooler. Um, with that, those pieces. Or if you want, make your own. Exactly. You could also do that. I was just going to mention that too. Any of you who are crafty or into woodworking, you, you could you could make this very complicated or you could build a straightforward one. I'm sure you could go to a craft store and like buy um, some uh, much of the pieces for this game and just assemble them and paint them yourself. So you could do that as well, and I would recommend that. It's really it's a really cool project if you were into that stuff. Um, <clears throat> but taking it out is going to be great. So either way, if you have it... Um, the game is its own storage box, or if you have a storage box or bag for the pieces, it's mostly going to be the same uh, process. So on the middle of the table, you're going to have the board itself, and that is where most of the action is going to be, or actually that's where all the action is going to be. But <laughs> you're going to also have your side. On your side, you're going to have your uh, collection of pieces, your discs, uh, that you're going to be trying to get on and through the gauntlet of the board and off the board. Uh, how many discs do you have? You've got, uh, is it six? Seven each. Seven. Um, you have seven pieces um, that are going to be either off the board as they're waiting to enter the board and get into their run, or on the other side of the board, coming off the board to a new pile of points scored, you could call them, or pieces successfully removed from the board. So the rest of your pieces are going to be on the board uh, in various stages, and um, that's pretty much it. The other thing you're going to have on the table is the dice. So you're going to have four dice um, of the typical or traditional ones are um, uh, pyramid-shaped dice, four-sided. And uh, I really like these dice. I thought they were really cool. Um, to play with and, and you rarely get to play with four-sided dice in most games and so the fact that you can in this game is sort of like oh that's fun to get some use out of four-sided dice and that's pretty much it um i see that the british museum comes with all these like chits these plastic chits i have no idea what that would be for do you i am uncertain keeping yeah. track of multiple games this might, would be my only guess <laughs> oh that could be it yeah if you're doing like uh, best out of x um style but it's like a pile of tiddlywinks that comes with the british version game i really don't understand i don't understand why that would be but anyway we did not use them and um i didn't don't know why you would e even need them 
But uh, regardless, they I would just let's just ignore them for now because they're not necessary to play the game. Uh, so that's pretty much it. You got the central board, you got your dice, you got your discs uh, on and off the board, and that's pretty much it. So this game is easily a game that you can sort of push to one side of the table. You could have a pizza in the middle. Uh, still be playing this game on the side. It's very visible. The board's size is is large enough so you can really see what's going on. It's not unclear the iconography is just beautiful it's very artistic but at the core all you really have to recognize is basically the flower spaces and then um you know where your tile or your discs are in each square of the board so you know kind of where you are and that's pretty much it so definitely passes the pizza test um and we talked a little bit about the vibe this is a great game for taking out this reminds me as a lot of for some reason, a lot of ancient games, this is probably because they were probably drinking a lot <laughs> back then, goes really well with uh, <laughs> having drinking a beer or a glass of wine or just hanging out. It's also nice in that, unlike some two-player games, it's light enough where you can talk over it. You know, it's it's pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of analysis paralysis here. You, you pretty much have just a couple options the obvious options of ways you can move and it's really not well a long-term strategy thing it's like all right am i going to risk it or am i going to play it safe and both of those options are fun to see how they play out and so you're, you're it's a very fast game and a game that doesn't you know there's stakes you want to win but it's not like really hard stakes and a really deep strategy you got to figure out so really great for taking out over a drinks over drinks um, who would like this? Who wouldn't like this? I think this is, once again, a, it's a simple game. It's a straightforward game. I think if someone – the only thing I can think of is if someone's really looking for a, a deeper experience like chess or the Duke for their two-player kind of traditional feeling games, then this might be a little light for you. But I would say that this is a good game to kind of kick it off with or um, – you know, yeah, or or like an in between game, or if you're, at, I don't know, in my experience, sometimes we're a little early for game night, and there's just two of us, and we're like, hey, what do you want to play? Because we'll play, we could play something like this, and this would be great. Um, other than that, I can't think of anything really that would turn anybody off. Can you think of anything that's big turn off here? Or I mean, you... the biggest turn off is that it's strictly two player. Uh, well, that's, that's true. About, that's about the only thing. Uh, other than you know, it's it's a lot of people poo poo roll and move games, but I mean this is this is like it's it's the shortest track I've ever seen on a roll and move game. It's essentially one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen, and you're off the board. So it's fifteen right. spaces for seven pieces. There's not a lot of movement going on there, uh, and there's not a lot of zany things other than knocking other people's uh, things off. So. Uh, I mean, it's it's just a really interesting game. It's it's interesting to kind of see and kind of feel the 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 ancient culture of what you know humans have gone so far, mm-hmm. and you know this is a pretty dang good game for how old it is. And so I I I, I like it mostly for that, but it's still a very good game. Yeah. Yeah, it is really cool. I do find myself thinking about it while we were playing, like, man, I can't believe this has existed for so long. <laughs> and just thinking about that connection to ancient humanity is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so and then, you know, like we said, I think we said why you might like this game. It's it's uh, just really good. It's a well-designed game. It is for what it does and what it is as a light game. It's pretty darn solid, and there's nothing exactly like it. You can kind of get parallels to certain games today of certain functions. You know, the luck of the roll with dice rolling games, the um, decision-making process of do I risk running into the central corridor and trying to send my pieces down quickly? Um, do I go slow? Do I just more focus on trying to attack the other player? There's a lot of decisions that just feel like modern 
game design stuff. And so that's really cool, too, to kind of get that sense that that's <laughs> through the histories still exists. Humans are very, very uh, – we have very, f- I guess at the end of the day, few things that a game really is. But we do it in a lot of different ways today in modern war games. But they've existed for so long. It's kind of cool to think about that, too. Um, okay, that does it. That is – oh, no, no, no. Would your mom like this game? Yeah, I almost forgot. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, my God. Um, I would huh, – I think your mom would like this game. I think the biggest – hit against it is kind of what you mentioned about being just a two-player i think you know your mom is more apt to be into like player games with more players and i think that's the biggest hit against it that being said i think if comparatively this between backgammon i would definitely say this is the game your mom i would say your mom would prefer um i think your mom would be interested about this game i don't think it would be her favorite game just for the two-player thing so i would say i would say a maybe Let's okay, see. you're going to go with maybe. I just looked now to see what I said about backgammon. I put that as a maybe no. Uh, yeah. So I think I think you're right. I'm going to actually go maybe yes, and Ooh. I'm going to give a little extra as to why I think, because I think you could just, just make one small change, and, and a, a great change, uh, which is, uh, yes, it's a two-player game. I, I, she's probably not going to like that. She likes something with a bit with more people. But what you could do is if you made this into a tourney, which they often do for a lot of games, where I oh, sure. they play like coconuts and they do a, a tournament type game, or they have a bunch of other games that they'll they'll do like a weird tournament thing for. If you made this into a tournament type game, I think she would be all over it. She would totally get into it. The because then all the people are there. She's competing against you know eight different people or whatever it is and i think she would really get into that because it's it's such a a quick game if they had two boards which you could easily you could just draw a board and get some stones like they can get all the pieces they need from just outside if they wanted to it's just figuring out a way to do dice rolls um which if you wanted to figure out some weird popsicle stick system which i've seen which for the game senate uses like sticks if you can so there there are ways to do it uh i think she would really enjoy this but i'm I'm putting it just as a maybe yes, mainly because if, she, if it was just a two-player game, I don't think she'd be as into it. And just as, as you said, uh, by thinking of what I would say, what she would say. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go maybe yes instead of maybe, maybe yes. But it's got to be a tournament. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. That makes sense. This would be fun to do as a tournament. That'd be, that'd be cool. <clears throat> I've, I've always wanted to do a tournament. Uh, speaking of tournaments, this has nothing to do with anything, but you mentioned tournaments <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ice cool. I wanted to do a tournament Ooh. of ice cool for a long time. I love that game. It's really fun. And uh, it, it is fun. Really good to do as a tournament. Um, all right, everybody. Well, there you go. That is the Royal Game of Ur. Check it out. It's on uh, Board Game Geek to just check on play. You can find uh, different versions of it. And like we said, you could make your own version of it. But it's definitely worth a checkout for sure, just for the history of it alone. Um, but uh, there you go. That is it. So let's see. How should we end the episode today with uh, Ur? Rhyming, alliterating Ur is what I think would be <laughs> um, <laughs> difficult. We haven't done rhymes in a little while. It's been okay. a while. Let's do rhymes. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, okay, so rhyming, we got to make a. How did our rhyming go? We just had we just had to rhyme. We didn't have to like make a sentence. Yeah, so we didn't have to make a sense out of it. You just had to come up with as many rhymes. All right, so I will. I'll kick it off. Uh, er, stir. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna go. Were. Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> 
think it is. Okay, fine. Burr, as in like a burr of ah, okay. Uh, like All right. <laughs> uh, I will go with cur. Oh, um, demur. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like we're doing a Barbara Walters impression. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, sir. Fervor. Ooh. Um. Per. Ooh, good one. Uh, incur. I'm I'm running low. I'm sh- I know there's like ton. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there are tons if you just end in an ER, but I cannot think of any right now. I'll, I'm I'm stuck thinking. Oh, infer is such a good one. So I think we have to end it there. All right. <laughs> yeah, those tons. What, did we say blur? We did not say blur. Blur. Oh, okay, that was what that was one I had in the chamber, ready for now. Oh. I was I was like ready for it. Um, yeah, I know. Why do we? They were so bad, <laughs> bad on the spot of this. There's so many words, but so like your vocabulary just shrinks to nothing <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> All right. Like well, when someone asks you to say something without using the word e, the letter e, and it's just like I, I can I. I and inevitably, uh, someone goes, says something, and it's just like, well, you forgot that that word has an, an, an E in it. And it's just like, dang it! <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> See how long, yeah, we should do that one time. Try to avoid a certain vowel and then sign off from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Well, there you go. That's the Royal Game of Ver. Check it out. Pretty great game. Pretty cool history of the game. And uh, one of the rare game, ancient games that we actually have an instruction manual for. So we can say for sure how it's played. Um, so, yeah, let us know your thoughts about it and anything else. You can get a hold of us uh, in a couple different ways. Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com. Scroll down to the podcast or the Chits and Chat page and fill out our comment form there. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.